Hi everyone and welcome to our service. If this is your first time here, you're joining us today for part three of our series Wake Up. But guess what? You can still catch up on Facebook, on YouTube, on podcasting platforms. All the previous uh, topics are already loaded onto that. But if you're part of the Prada family and you've joined us for this 21 days of prayer and fasting, I want to say welcome. This is such a special series. Why did we start the series? Because for most Christians, when we start our relationship with Jesus, it is filled with passion. And then over time, sadly, most of the time, that passion starts to fade. And I don't believe that's the way it should be. Stovall Weem says that passion in Christianity should be the norm for every Christian, not the exception. So I do believe that there's more than what we currently experience. I do believe that there should be passion in our relationship with Jesus. So this series, Wake Up, is your spiritual wake up call for 2021. Maybe in 2020 with COVID and the lockdown and everything, you became a bit lethargic, you became passionless, but it is time to wake up. It is time to revive your relationship with God. Now last week, it was the second part of the series and we talked about creating room for God because anything new in our life, we need to create space for that. The same, if we want more out of a relationship with God, we need to create space for him and fasting that we we are busy with this 21 days of prayer and fasting fasting helps us to disconnect from the world in order to create space in our life so that we can connect to God better but we shouldn't just disconnect we shouldn't just create space disconnect from the world and then create space for God that God can fill we should also maintain that space that God fills why because if you don't maintain a space guess what other stuff will just start to push the important out think about a garage okay I don't know what your garage looks like maybe it's all clean and there's cars in it but I have gym equipment I've got woodwork equipment I've got gardening equipment I've got house cleaning stuff I've got everything that goes into the garage and over time, if you don't maintain the space, if you don't make sure that everything sits in the right places, the garage floor just starts to fill up with all kinds of stuff and it pushes the car out. And very soon the car is sitting outside as it currently is. But don't worry, I've, I've been busy unpacking and cleaning my garage. But soon the car sits outside and the inside of the garage is full of stuff that's not necessarily supposed to be there. So we should not only create space for God, but we should maintain that space continuously. Now, what are the things that pushes God out of our lives? Plain and simply, sin. Sin is anything that God hates. The Bible says that God is a holy God. Numerous times it says that God is a holy God and God doesn't like sin. Sin are things that break his heart. It's things that he doesn't want for our lives. It's actions, it's thoughts, it's words that goes against the grain, the holiness of God. Now, if you're like me and you have certain things in your life that you keep falling for and you're tired and you're frustrated because you keep losing the battle against them and you're like, Louis, I just have so much weakness and shortcomings in my life. I don't know if I will ever be able to maintain this space. Then today's topic is for you. Our topic today, the third part of our series, Wake Up, our topic today is remove the obstructions. Remove the obstructions. Anything that's obstructing your relationship with God, we want to keep them out. We want to remove them and we want to keep them out. And I want to read to you today from John 14 verse 21, one verse where Jesus talks so beautifully about how we can keep 
the good things in and the bad things away. The good things, his rules, his law. And this is what Jesus says, his commands. John 14 verse 21. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. So not just the one who knows the commands of God, not only the one who's got the head knowledge, but the one who, who has my commands and keeps them. He is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father and I too will love them and show myself to them. Jesus says if we love him, we will do what he wants us to do. We will do the right things, not the wrong things, not the things that pushes him out. Now, if you were, when I started this and you're like, Louis, I want to do the right thing. I want to tell you that is, that is a good thing. Wanting to do what is right is good. But we don't always feel like we want to do the right thing, right? And Christian maturity. I think one of the, the great markers of Christian maturity is the ability to do the right thing. The ability to be disciplined even when I don't feel like I want to do it. Okay, so I don't feel like not doing the sinful thing, but still I cut it out of my life. I don't feel like I want to do Bible study today, but still I do do it. That is a mark of Christian maturity. And often when I do the right thing, the action, then the feelings will follow. So before we start talking about the rest, I want to tell you, if you do the right thing, even though you don't feel like doing it, that's a good thing. And later the feelings might follow and you're like, okay, now I want to do the right thing. Like gym, right? I don't always want to go to the gym. But once I've been there, I feel better. The feelings follow and I want to go back. So feelings sometimes follow the actions. But, and this is the big but, and this is what I want to talk about today. Obedience and discipline based on obligation. So feeling I should do it, but I don't really want to do it. Obedience and discipline based on obligation should be the exception, not the norm. It is not healthy. It's not, it's not, we're not able to continuously do this if I don't feel like doing the right thing. If you always feel like you want to do the wrong thing, you never feel like you want to do the right thing, somehow at some point you're going to fall off the train and you're going to start doing the wrong thing. Jesus says that those who has my commands and keep them is the ones who love me. He said there's something, there's a direct link between the love that we have for Jesus and the commandments that we keep. So we don't just keep them out of obligation. We keep them out of our love for Christ. It is a response. I don't do good things for you, Lundy, because I have to do them because I'm legally on a contract married to her. No, no, no. I want to do it because I love her. And the same is true for our relationship with Christ. Because we love Him, we want to do the right thing. Now, if you don't feel like doing it, okay, we still want to do it. But if you don't feel like doing the right thing, if you don't feel like you want to keep God's commands, I want to tell you it is a good sign that you have to return to your first love. And the Bible says Jesus should be our first love. Keeping His commands should be a natural overflow of my love and the affection that I have for Jesus. Obedience should be a natural overflow of the love and affection that I have for Jesus. So if you don't want to do the right thing, this is your wake-up call. Let's get it right. When we are revived, when my first love is Jesus, when my feelings for God is thriving, then I want to do the right thing. I want to obey Him. I want to make sure that I follow His commandments. 
And that is, by the way, why we're doing this 21 days. If you don't feel like you want to do the right thing right now and you're like, I know Jesus is not my first love at the moment. There's so much pollution. There's so much stuff in my life. But I want to have him as my first love. You're at the right spot. That's why we're doing the 21 days. But it will take some work. Okay, you're doing the 21 days in order to create space for God, to have a revived relationship, to, blow, to get new life into the dry bones. But it will also practically take something from you to remove the obstacles. Two things that we're going to be talking about today. Two things that you can do to remove the obstacles so that once you've revived, once you have that intimate, passionate relationship with God, so that you can keep that going and so that you don't just fall back into the lethargic, passionless state. What is the first thing? The first thing we need to do is we need to make sure that we hunger for the right things. We need to make sure that we hunger for the right things. There's two places in the Bible where Jesus faced some serious temptation. But both times, Jesus did what God commanded of him. Jesus did the right thing. And it is because Jesus hungered for the right things. The first place we read about this is in Matthew 4 verse 4. Jesus was fasting and praying and then he went into the desert. Now, he's been fasting for 40 days. He is crazy hungry. Again, by the way, Jesus experienced in his human body. Remember, the Bible tells us that Jesus, when he came to earth, was 100% God, but also 100% man. It means that Jesus experienced the same temptations, the same struggles that you and I face. So when Jesus was fasting for 40 days, you might be struggling a bit, you might be feeling a bit hungry. Jesus was feeling seriously hungry because for 40 days he's been fasting. He's led into the desert. He's tempted by the devil and the devil tells him, turn that stone into bread and just eat it. Get over this. Like, why do you want to continue doing this? Like, just, just satisfy your desire. But then Jesus tells him this in Matthew 4 verse 4. He says, it is written that man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Jesus is tempted the way we are. He's hungry. The devil tells him, turn the stone into bread. But something prevents him from falling for his hunger. Something prevents him from doing what is wrong. And that is his hunger for God's word. Jesus says there's a bigger hunger than the hunger I have for bread. And that is the hunger that I have for God's bread, for God's word. So my spiritual hunger for God's word is bigger than my physical hunger. Because we need to make sure if we don't want to fall for every single little sin that crosses my path, every single hunger I have for something that satisfies a temporary need, because that's, by the way, what sin does. Sin shows me this beautiful picture of satis temporary satisfaction when I, do when I do it. And if I don't want to fall for that temporary satisfaction, I need to have a hunger for God's word that is bigger than my hunger for sin, for the temporary satisfaction. So, but here's the trick. If we want to be fueled by God's word, so if we want to have that, we need to be hungry for it first. We need to be hungry for God's word. We need to be hungry for spending time in it. We need to be hungry from living by, for living by it. 
The second place that we read about Jesus that's facing a difficult time is just before his crucifixion in Matthew 26. So before Jesus has to go through the one time in the desert, he had to say no for a temptation, a temporary pleasure. But before his crucifixion, he has to say yes to something that's really difficult. And in Matthew 26, he takes his disciples with him into the garden to go and pray. And Jesus is like, God, I don't want to go through this. This is so difficult. But still, I will do what you command. I still, I will do what your will is for my life and not mine. And Jesus asks his disciples to pray with him. But Jesus catches them asleep a couple of times. And then in Matthew 26, verse 41, Jesus tells them this. He says, watch and pray so that you do not fall into temptation. Because the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. See, it's so easy for us to fall for sin because my flesh is weak, right? Because my flesh, my body wants to go for whatever brings me temporary satisfaction. But this is the interesting part. We shouldn't be living, and this is what Jesus is trying to teach his disciples. We shouldn't be living by the power of our own flesh. We shouldn't be living by the potential of our own power. That's the whole point of Christianity. I don't try to do this on my own. I don't try to do this out of my own power. In fact, when I realize that my body is weak, that my flesh is weak, that my willpower is weak, that is when I realize that I need Jesus. That is when I realize that I need his word. That is when I realize that I need his spirit. Because Jesus says, although the spirit, the flesh is weak, the spirit is willing. Because the spirit of God living inside of us is strong. And if we live in the spirit of God, we don't have to convince ourselves to do the right thing the whole time. Because the spirit of God living inside of us will direct us to do the right thing. Our hunger for God's Spirit needs to increase. Our hunger for His Word needs to increase. And if we want to be directed by His Word, we need to spend time in His Word. But if we want to be directed by His Spirit, we need to hunger for more of Him so that His Spirit, we need to create space for Him. And we need to maintain that space so that the power of God's Holy Spirit can grow in our life. The problem, why do we struggle to have this hunger for his word why do we struggle to have this this hunger for his holy spirit both which helps us to say no to the wrong things and say yes to the right thing we struggle because gratification experiences is what drives us i already said this right sin gives us a short-term fun experience I don't even want to say good experience. It's a fun experience. Okay, drugs is a short-term fun experience. An affair is a short-term fun experience that satisfies a temporary need of your body. But it is not over the long-term good for you. It is not healthy. It has so many negative consequences. Still, we say yes to it. Why? Because of the gratification that the short-term experience gives our body. You cannot overcome experience a sin experience with just having a set of beliefs and learning about God 
You see, we live in a world where we experience things. And then we also live in a world in modern Christianity that teaches us that we need all this knowledge about God. And then the two doesn't line up because on the one hand side, I'm experiencing something. I'm experiencing sin. I'm experiencing the temporary gratification that it brings. And on the other hand, I've got knowledge about God and I've got knowledge about doing the right thing. I've got knowledge about staying staying away from the wrong things but the two doesn't line up the experience and the knowledge doesn't always line up i need to experience not just sin i need to experience god and only an experience of god will outweigh the temporary satisfaction the temporary gratification that sin brings to my life guys jesus i believe is so much better The experience of Jesus is so much more than the world can ever offer us. But we need to have space for him in our life. Why was Jesus fasting? Jesus was fasting before he went into the desert to be closer to his father. And I believe when we fast, we we take the opportunity to shut down our natural appetite. That's also the appetite that says yes to the wrong things that that need to just open a pack of chips. The need to open a slab of chocolate. The need to put another choppy on the fire. The need to, to eat sugar and do all kinds of stuff. I shut that down for a while in order to awaken my spiritual appetite. Jesus was fasting to be close to his father. And because he fasted and prayed and he was close to his father, he could say no to the devil. Because he knew the word of God, because the spirit was with him, he could say no to the wrong things and he could say yes to the right things. We cannot just create space for God during these 21 days and then think that it will always be like that. It will always be beautiful. No, we need to maintain that space by removing the obstacles constantly. We do that by knowing his word, by having a hunger for his word and by having a hunger for his spirit that directs us to the right things but the second thing we need to do we shouldn't just have a hunger for the right things we should also play it safe you see it's easy for me once i have an awakening experience a revival moment when i feel close to god it's easy to start feeling invincible like you know what i I won't be like other people that fall for all these little things. I, I will remain strong. I will never have an affair. I will never watch pornography. I will never have a bad thought. I will never get angry at the taxi, whatever that might be. But temptations will come. So help yourself to not fall. Play it safe. Because God doesn't just want us to get free. God wants us to stay free. So once we know His Word and we get free from the sin, once His Holy Spirit directs us, once that hunger helps us to get free from the things that drag us down, that temporary satisfaction, God wants us to stay free. And the only way that we can do that is to play it safe by having healthy boundaries in our life, by making positive changes and making some new choices when we are revived, when we are in a good place. So if you're spending this 21 days in the word if you're praying if you're opening your life to god's spirit and you're in a healthy place now is the time to set up the right boundaries guys i've seen this happen so many times where people go to a camp where people spend time like this in god's word and in prayer and fasting and then they have this revival moment where they get to know god intimately where with the passion flame in their life is is reawakened and then just a while later they're back to the old lives and i i'm always 
boggled by how people do this. How can I have this amazing experience of God and just a little while later, then I'm back to, to life as normal. Temptation will come. And if we don't set ourselves up for success, we will fall. So this is what we need to do. Decide once what you want to do, what you're going to do, how you're going to live your life, and then manage that for the rest of your life. So decide now. If you're like, Louis, I know that church attendance is good for me. Then you decide that now, and that's your decision. You stick to it. You don't decide based on the moment what you're going to do and not going to do. You don't decide based on the rain that's falling. Oh, you know what? Maybe today I'm not going to go to church or whatever. No, you just manage that decision. You're like, oh, it's rainy, so I need to set my alarm a little earlier so that I can, can lie in bed for five minutes longer and then get up you manage the expectation if you're in a healthy place now and you see that it's good for you to spend personal time with God you make the decision that that is what you're gonna do and then you just manage it as time goes by but don't just go along with whatever crosses your path with the current circumstances and then you're like okay that will determine my decision when you are spiritually strong make the decisions and put the boundaries in place you see, far too often, our boundaries is so close to the edge that we walk on this edge and we're always, almost falling off. And then when people fall off, they're like, oh, Louis, I don't know how this happened. Listen, set your boundaries far enough from the edge. So don't just choose to do the right thing, but also make sure that your boundaries is far enough from the edge that if you get close to this, that you don't fall off. People make a decision to stop, stop drinking too much and then... After a fast, just go back to it. Why? Because your boundary was too close to the edge. Okay, if you know you've got a problem and the bottle is open, make a decision to only drink a little bit. Don't drink a whole glass and then when they pour your second glass, you're like, ah, oh, you know, it's just two, I'm still fine. And then by the third glass, you're like, how did I get to this point again? No, make a decision and manage it. Set your boundary. Decide beforehand what's going to happen. Okay, people don't understand how they could fall for, for, a, for, 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 a, um, for something like pornography or an affair. It's like you don't just fall into it. It happens gradually. You open your internet browser. You move your computer to a private room. And then gradually you fall into a habit of pornography. No, move your computer back to a place where it's visible. Where people can see what you're busy with. And guess what? Your wife or a friend or whatever keeps you accountable and then you won't fall for it set your boundary in a healthy place an affair you don't just fall into it you went to lunch with someone and then slowly your hands started to touch and then you started sending each other messages over whatsapp cut it off put your boundary at a healthy place and you won't fall for it you will stay spiritually strong if you decide what the right thing is to do according to the word of god and then you manage that decision for the rest of your life so what do we want to do? One, we want to make sure that our hunger for God stays alive. When we are hungry for His Word, we will know what is right and wrong. And when we are hungry for His Spirit, He will direct us to choose the right thing. We don't have to keep His commandment based on, on obligation. Now we keep His commandment based on love. I love God. I know His Word. His Spirit is directing me. And it gets easier for me to say yes to the right things and no to the wrong things. But the second thing we want to do is we want to play it safe. I want to set up healthy boundaries now while I am in a good place so that I don't fall off the edge of a cliff. So this is your challenge for the week. 
Go and set up healthy boundaries if you're in a healthy spot. And make sure during these 21 days that you grow in your hunger for God's word and that you grow in that hunger for his spirit. Spend time with him. Spend time in his word. See the beauty of it. If you haven't read, I post on, on social media on how to practice a soap method in your Bible study. Go and try it this week. See what beauty comes out of the word of God. See how it applies to your life and your hunger for his word will grow. But I want to close with this. If you've fallen, God has already forgiven you. And you will fall again in the future. And God's forgiveness and His grace is still there. Just because we have His grace doesn't mean we should walk too close to the edge. But I want to tell you, we will sometimes fall and it is not the end. God's forgiveness is always waiting for us. His arms are always open. He's always saying, run back to me. And all you need to do is, if you fall, is go back into his arms. But listen, don't settle for less than God's best for your life. We don't have to settle for less. We don't have to keep falling for the short-term gratification of sin and the long-term negative consequences of that. We can live in God's best if we have a hunger for his word and a hunger for his spirit and we set healthy boundaries. So that's my challenge for you for this week. Know that God loves you more than you can imagine. That's why He sent His Son, so that you no longer need to be a slave to your sin, but that you can live in a relationship with your Creator. Let's pray. Jesus, thank You that no matter how many times we fall, You are always there to pick us back up. You paid the ultimate price on the cross. You died so that we don't have to die. But I don't want to be a slave to my sin. I don't want to keep falling for that. And therefore, I pray, God, that you will give me a hunger for your word, that you will give me a hunger for your Holy Spirit, that I will be directed by your word and your spirit, that your word will be a light on my path, and that I will be able, out of a love relationship with my Creator, that I will be able to walk that path. I pray that you will give us the wisdom to set healthy boundaries now, so that we won't keep falling off the edge every time that a temporary gratification is in front of our noses. Help us to live the life that you want us to live on purpose in a relationship with you. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.